Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tony Katz. This is Kendall and Casey. The Amber and Nigel Show. All right, well, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and hello, everyone out there in the great state of Indiana and beyond in the national. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. Let's get started. First, this evening, a little bit of fireback since uh, Secretary Mayorkas was uh, not impeached just quite by the House. Things got a little bit testy after it resulted in a 215-215 tie. And uh, that, of course, does not mean that Mayorkas would be impeached. So what we ended up getting was one Republican actually flipping over and voting against Mayorkas impeachment so that Steve Scalise, who was away for cancer treatments, could actually come back at a later time and hopefully impeach Mayorkas. And we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, but this is the key problem with Republicans not able to pull a sizable majority over in the House. These are the consequences that you find yourselves in whenever you're in some kind of a situation where you don't really place getting Republicans in office at the top of the list. Whenever you start making decisions as to hosting a lot of fancy dinners with a lot of fancy tickets and and popularizing endorsements over raising money for candidates, you end up with a very slim majority in the House in a year that should have been a tidal wave of red. And that's the result. There are a lot of people that are blaming the failed first impeachment vote on Mayorkas on Speaker Mike Johnson. They're saying that it's his fault that his House Speaker, he should have been able to get every single Republican on board, uh, which I guess any if you can name one Republican that would be Speaker of the House, um, be he Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump or Moses, the great prophet. Uh, to actually lead the House of Representatives in a universal Republican vote, I will gladly support them today. It is not Mike Johnson's fault that three Republicans who are crappy Republicans defected and did not vote for the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security. It's just it's not. It's not his fault. Any speaker, McCarthy, I don't care. Newt Gingrich, the corpse of Abraham Lincoln would not have been able to get that done with a slim, slim, slim majority that Republicans walked into. The albatross around Republicans neck has been since 2017, Ronna McDaniel. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And uh, speaking of uh, situations regarding elections, we cannot forget that Republicans are also on a clock to squeak this vote by by one single vote. Steve Scalise has to get back from his cancer treatments before the special election to replace New York thirds George Santos. You remember old Georgie Santos. Otherwise, uh, in, in Indiana, we have a similar guy running for Congress, the name of a Gabe. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. But George Santos, the guy who lied about absolutely everything in his life, from finances to war stories to how many degrees he had to the number of legs on his dog, he got expelled from the House. And now the election is between Maisie Pillip 
a two-term Nassau County legislator uh, who was born in Ethiopia, immigrated to Israel, fought in the Israeli Defense Force, and then immigrated to the United States. She has a very strong campaign, but the problem is she's coming in off the heels of the George Santos scandal. So kind of difficult to say Republicans are trustworthy and that she's a fantastic candidate, although looking at her record, I think that she is, when you have this issue. The Democrat is pretty much just a cookie cutter Democrat running in any kind of a blue state. Uh, Tom Susie is a former member of Congress who held the seat for three terms. And then he got absolutely thwomped when he left to run for the governor of New York. Um, Honestly, I I think the Dems are probably going to take this one, which puts a timer on the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas. Now, here's the catch. I don't actually believe that this is a bad thing for Republicans. I think that as long as Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas stays in office, the better chance Republicans have to clean up not just the presidency in November, but Congress. Getting Trump in office does not matter at all if Republicans do not take back the House and the Senate handedly. These thin, almost 50% majority and minorities do not work when you want to pass legislation like closing the border, like school choice, like banning drag queens and other perverts inside of public schools. You know, I just got to say that it sounds like this is more of a situation in which we need to focus on the campaigning and not get in the way of Democrats making a mistake. Well, again, we'll be talking about that soon because albatrosses are, in fact, the theme of this election. And honestly, it's, it's hilarious. It is the best thing I have ever seen because Democrats have walked themselves into this trap. Republicans might be walking themselves out of this trap. Speaking of Republicans that uh, I, I'm not even sure walking is, is the right term here. Nikki Haley is limping away from the Nevada Republican presidential primary. Now, there's a primary and then there's a caucus and there's a lot of a mess in Nevada. So some of this, a, a small something is to be taken with a grain of salt here. But uh, Nikki Haley came second place in Nevada to no one. Let me say that again. Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, who has policy stances, maybe, I I guess, perhaps, um, she has lost to uh, nobody. Um, In the Nevada primary, none of these candidates was the uh, one of the choices. They received twenty six thousand thirty eight votes. Nikki Haley only received 14,328 votes. So, um, absolutely, just just stellar stuff. Uh, yep, yep, whip up the applause. Excellent work, Nikki Haley. Very good job. Just jazz hands for an excellent job out there in Nevada. But supposedly she's supposed to take South Carolina. It really isn't looking good for her campaign, but we all knew that. Uh, again, I know there are some county GOP chairs who are really big fans of Nikki Haley for some reason. The only thing that Nikki Haley seems to have espoused in her campaign was, and I quote, more moderate junk than any of the other Republicans, end quote. Basically, she would take what another candidate had suggested and she would say, well, I like that, but like, let's not get too hasty. And it turns out that when the country is going to hell in a handbasket, people don't want you to just get up there and say, well, what if we just kind of, you know, just kind of hung around, kind of ran things like Bush? Yeah, nobody wants that. And uh, it turns out that as things continue, the voters are getting more and more uh, shy of giving her any kind of support at all. And it's amazing because originally Nikki Haley was one of the favorites to be Trump's vice presidential pick. 
Up next, we're going to be talking a little bit more in depth about these two albatrosses because, oh man, oh goodness gracious me and a bag of chips. If things pan out the way it currently looks like they are going to pan out, the Democrats are so deeply down in February. I am not sure that short of replacing Biden in the general, they can do anything to pull out for the election in November at this point. Stick around, you're listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Waiting for a few things this fine, fine Tuesday. Or no, it's it's Wednesday evening. I've been having a real struggle with the days all week. Tucker Carlson is apparently uh, finished with his interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin. And uh, I've seen just about everything regarding that shenanigan today. I, I, and by the shenanigan, I mean that the European Union is threatening sanctions on Tucker for going over and having an interview. We haven't even seen the interview yet. Um, I've seen accusations that he's, you know, just going to ask uh, Putin a bunch of really soft-handed questions and pave the way for Red Dawn to finally become a reality in the United States. I've seen that that Tucker's only going to ask the hardest, toughest, most serious questions and save us from World War III. And my opinion on the entire matter is that I will wait and watch the interview, and I'll, I'll see what questions uh, Tucker asks Putin. I'll see what answers Putin's translator gives, and uh, I, I will deliver my verdict. Um, but as usual, I just don't necessarily care as much when it comes to what other uh, journalists, especially my contemporaries, cover, um, mainly because it's one of those situations in which I like to have as much information as possible. And even if an individual conducts an interview in a way that I don't like, and I'm genuinely not talking about anyone in specific at this point, I still like seeing the interview conducted because then I can glean a little bit more from the subject of the interview. And this used to be the idea that people would go and interview those they liked, didn't like, and everything else in a bag of chips. Uh, but before you make some kind of a decision out there, boys, girls, and squirrels, just as I encourage you to read the bill when it comes to pieces of legislation, I encourage you to watch the videos of things. And uh, if things make sense, look into them. And if things don't make sense, look into them. Uh, be Bereans, as the scripture calls it. Always be double-checking what it is that you're hearing, because that's really the only way to stay abreast of everything going on around you. That's walking circumspectly. So, speaking of circumspectly, we can look around us in the United States political sphere right now and witness not only the secondly unique situation of having an incumbent versus an incumbent, which I believe has only ever happened once before in which an incumbent has come back to defeat the other incumbent who beat him the first time. But we also have a situation in which both parties are universally held back in said November election by an albatross. So for those of you who aren't getting the literary reference, an albatross is a very special bird in Greek mythology in which you're supposed to leave alone because if you kill the albatross, then you will bring the wrath of the gods down around you. 
And so in a situation in which sailors killed the great albatross, then everything was horrible. And they carried the albatross around with them for ages and things were bad as long as they had the dead albatross hanging around. That is where the phrase hanging the the albatross hanging around the neck comes from. It's a lodestone that absolutely ruins everything going on around you, like an unlucky talisman, for example. The unlucky talisman for the Democrats in this entire electoral season is Alejandro Mayorkas. Alejandro Mayorkas is the worst thing for the Democrats. And the reason he is the worst thing for the Democrats and why actually I would argue it's better than anything that he stays in power, which he's going to anyway with the Democrat majority in the Senate, even if Republicans in the House impeach him, he ain't going anywhere. Mayorkas isn't just kind of funneling orders from Joe Biden. For as long as we have video of Alejandro, he has been talking about this labor shortage in the United States and how the most important thing is to let as many people as possible into the United States. He has this very naive, uh, really disturbed childlike idea that everyone who's coming to the United States is coming here with the best intentions and it's just like, leave it to Beaver and it's just going to be super duper wonderful. And it's not. But this is the individual that through Biden administration's entire presence as leading the federal government, Mayorkas has consistently said the border's safe, everything's fine, there's no crisis, even now. He is continually going in front of Congress and the rest of the country and saying that the border's actually fine, Republicans are just making a bunch of stuff up. Which I guess you probably need to add Democrats to that as well, because when Al Sharpton gets on MSNBC and says that migrants are invading across the southern border, yeah, you've you've definitely jumped the shark on that one. So this is the part this is the part that really really anchors the albatross to the Democrats. Mayorkas isn't taking orders from Biden. No one's taking orders from Biden. The real secret to the Biden administration is that each of his cabinet members are basically doing whatever they want. And by the way, my my case in point for proof is when Antony Blinken pieced out for his prostate surgery, didn't tell anyone, and no one in the entire federal government, save like one lonely secretary, had any idea where the individual was. So our secretary of defense just completely evaporated. No one knew. If Biden was running the country, wouldn't have those issues. Well, I'm afraid to tell everyone that Alejandro Mayorkas is doing his own thing. And what he believes is that the United States is so destitute of people that that no one is doing any work anywhere, that what we need is tons and tons and tons of immigrants and bring them all in, no stay in Mexico, and then grant everyone amnesty. He has said this on the record multiple, 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 multiple times. And the more he continues to do so, And the more he continues to keep the border open and the more he continues to absolutely ruin the lives of Border Patrol and Department of Homeland Security agents, the more the American public is going to hold immense amounts of scorn for the Democrats, which means Republicans are going to come out in greater numbers to vote and Democrats are going to stay home. Now, on the flip side, Republicans have a different albatross, and there might be a silver lining behind this cloud. By the way, you're listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. Thanks for joining us this fine Wednesday evening. The Republicans have a more significant issue, which is that Ronna McDaniel, the chairwoman for the RNC, has, I think, probably the most unsuccessful reign as an RNC chairperson in the organization's history. 
And, and I'm scraping my mind because I genuinely cannot think of another chairperson who has done more damage to the electoral system for getting Republicans into office than any other person. She is four terms in. She has been chairwoman of the RNC for four terms, which is very, very rare, very uncommon. Her first term began in January of 2017. And then again, the RNC chairperson presides over how many Republicans get elected. She lost the election of 2018. Republicans got their butt kicked. She lost the 2019 special elections. Democrats cleaned up in the gubernatorial and the national special congressional elections. In 2020, I mean, need, need we say more? Republicans did not win in 2020, despite a very good first term for President Trump in Congress. She pulled a draw out of the 2021 special elections, meaning that even though she got some victories like Glenn Youngkin's campaign, which she stayed completely out of uh, a bunch of campaigns that she did get involved in uh, ended up being Democrat victories. And then she lost immensely in 2022. When I say that Speaker Johnson is not at fault for not getting Mayorkas impeached, this is what I'm talking about. And by the way, it wasn't McCarthy's fault either. I know that's not a very popular thing to say, but despite many of McCarthy's faults, it is not McCarthy's fault that we don't have a bigger majority in the House. We have records that McCarthy asked time and time again for more aid to Senate and to House districts in the 2022 elections, and Ron and McDaniel ignored him and held a bunch of fancy, expensive dinners and did a bunch of nonsense and focused and pretended, Ronna pretended, very, very, just hoped and prayed that, that Donald Trump getting on Truth Social and saying, I endorse this person was going to be enough to get them across the finish line. Well, oh, by Fetterman, Oz got defeated. Not to mention the other Senate races around the country that were just as brutal. So Ronna McDaniel is Republicans albatross. And the longer Ronna stays in, the more Republicans will suffer at the ballot box. Well, here's the good news. According to the New York Times and Washington Post, she is apparently leaving because things have soured between her and Trump. Trump has finally taken a second glance. Trump, the one who endorsed her several times, has finally taken a second look at Rana when, according to the New York Times, Rana would not cancel the GOP primary debates and has now decided that she's garbage. And oh, also the entire Republican Party hates her because she's Mitt Romney's niece who runs the party like a Chicago Republican. You know all of the Republicans in Chicago, right? The ones that don't win elections. So Ronna McDaniel didn't like this breaking story that, that she was leaving because I kid you not, everyone started celebrating. There was like partying all over social media, local radio stations and newspapers around the country were like throwing confetti into the streets and through speakers. It was wonderful because with the Democrats stuck with Mayorkas and us getting rid of the albatross around our necks and Ronna McDaniel, we might actually have a chance here, guys, and not just to pick up Trump, but to pick up the House and the Senate. That's some powerful, powerful stuff. But then she sent out a memo immediately, and, and this is according to the, the Daily Caller. She pushed back a little bit and said, well, guys, actually, uh, we're just going to focus. N none of this is true. Myself and my staff are refusing to be distracted by the outside noise, and we remain committed to our mission, which I guess means that the mission of getting Democrats elected instead of Republicans. And uh, there's, again, additional information that has dropped since then that things are getting even worse as uh, Ronna McDaniel is um, kind of kicking and screaming on her way out because uh, other spokespeople at the RNC who could have very easily told media, yeah, this is just a big hoax, nothing's happening. They're refusing to provide comment. And uh, one individual who I believe is one of the uh, either assistant chairman or the vice chairman uh, made a comment to CNN that they would discuss this more after the South Carolina primary.
Excellent stuff there. Up next, we're going to be talking to Malcolm Flex because apparently the left thinks working out uh, is transphobic, white supremacist, and a whole lot of other things. So uh, get your cringe seats ready as two dudes rip the left to shreds. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tony Kinnett cast on 93 WIPC. Just a curbside profit with my hand. Hey, hey my welcome back to the Tony Kinnett cast on 93 WIBC. Uh, there was a little bit of an article that MSNBC thought was the right move to post uh, last year, and it was this whiny, horribly angry piece about why uh, the real home of far-right conspiracy, the real home of white supremacy, racism, homophobia, transphobia, dodecahedronophobia, whatever, was the gym. That's right. If you worked out, you're secretly encouraging racism. Well, there's a new study that has come out uh, in the last year that was published in Front Sports Act Living, and uh, it's a little bit wilder. So whenever we talk about fitness, whenever we talk about being a man and using your body the way God intended it to be used, we bring on the one, the only, Malcolm Flex from Flex Your Success. Malcolm, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. You know, apparently I am just steeped and based in white supremacy as I continue you look to like try it. to improve. I know. I know. I'm quintessential. Again, if you were to look at the older world Aryan posters, I would be right there, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah! All I mean, jokes easily. aside, <laughs> oh, look. All jokes aside, all jokes aside, for the people that can't actually see this, I am a six foot five black male with dreadlocks. So you know that was all sarcasm. Just to let y'all know. <laughs> Our listeners on the station are, are usually pretty quick to catch on that stuff. <laughs> so there's this, this interesting study. It's by Denise Bell, Sajwar Rahman, and just the letter R Roken. Uh, And the article, excuse me, the medical study title is called Transforming Fitness, Intersectionality as a Framework for Resistance and Collective Action. And uh, look, I'd love to get into the title alone, but the first sentence is perhaps one of the best things I've I've read in um, a long time. Let me read it for you. Fitness is a lifelong pursuit. Yet many LGBTQ2S plus individuals are averse to group fitness or experiences in big box gyms. Uh, so um, averse to going to the gym. Now, I got to ask you right off the top of the bat, you're a guy who spends a lot of time making sure that people are, are doing the fitness thing right. You know, you're keeping your own life up to par, working hard on fitness. Have you ever uh, looked to the left and the right and, you know, worried about what kind of uh, sex life the, the people around you at the gym might have? Well, you know, considering they're all very good looking people since they're in the gym, I would say it doesn't it kind of comes up. But, you know, I don't really I don't really <laughs> split hairs on the minutia there. But no, not at all. 
So uh, on top of that, I, I just, again, have to ask, because when, when I'm at the gym, I'm, I'm not really looking to the left and right and, and wondering how gay the people next to me are. Um, do you think that being, I don't know, being gay, being a lesbian, being trans, being whatever, do you think that that actually medically prevents you from going to the gym? Do you think that like there's a sign on the outside of Planet Fitness that says, uh, please don't be gay as you walk in? I mean, what are we talking about? Like, uh, you know, trans amputee? Are they homo limbed or something where they only have like one appendage? Like, let's say uh, they 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 were uh, they are a man, but they believe that they're a a woman. Are those kind of people prevented? Are they a banned from the gym? I, I can't think of any gyms that I know of that, that have that kind of an attitude. But maybe I'm wrong. After all, you know far more about that than I do. Well, I will say again, if you identify as a woman, we do have some lovely Zumba and group fit classes that you can do. And, you know, you can maybe <laughs> tone down the intensity, but no preventions here. Again, when we talk about fitness, it's all about modifications. And I mean, what are we if not adaptable to, you know, those people that have disabilities, let's say? Sure. Physical disabilities, of course, are, you know, a kind of a situation in which someone is is uh doesn't have the ability to run on both legs or use both mm -hmm. arms. But the authors of this study said that um, a lot of fit people utilize the fitness industrial complex. So you've heard of the military industrial complex, ladies and gentlemen, this is now the fitness industrial complex to provide a framework to uh, let's see the things uh, that are uh, heteropatriarchy and racism fueled by white supremacy and um, are often those things that are the cornerstones of the fitness world. Do you feel like, you know, when you're, you're really trying to max on a day, it's not leg day, but it's bench day. It's the day that you are busting yeah. out all of the stops. Mm -hmm. Do you feel as though on one side you, you've got white supremacy and on the other side you have hetero patriarchy? I had to read that one slower. That's, yeah, a, that's I, a new one I for know. me. They're, they're going to trip you up with it. But, uh, you know, I mean... I don't know, because on one end, I see a couple of 45 pound plates. On the other hand, I see a couple of 45 pound plates. And, you know, I mean, if I'm doing my job, the only thing I'm seeing right now is a bar that will crush me if I don't get my work done. I just don't I, I don't think that the people who have done this study or wrote these articles, I don't think that they work out very often. It just it doesn't seem like that's the case. What do you see about the, the mental health, uh, about the physical health, just about the entire person of an individual who actually does work out from time to time? Again, one of the things that I notice with some of the people that, that I work out with is that they do tend to change over months of working out. But I think you can probably phrase it better than I can. Uh, no, that's uh, that's actually 110 percent correct. I mean, pretty much it's all about change. And, you know, one thing that I've started to realize is that once you get to a certain level of fitness, you don't just want to be that fit for no reason. You know, you want to have that level of fitness and you want to have a purpose to put it into place. So fitness is often a gateway for a lot of people to just go on to start finding purpose or finding actualization in other kinds of realms. And normally they use this newer, more refined, more honed and perfected body of theirs to that purpose. So, you know, it's kind of twofold because then that purpose then drives a need for more fitness. So that's why I typically see with most people and 
that purpose can be a bunch of things. It can be societal. It can be that they just want to date and get a little bit more puniti. It could be a situation where they're looking to simply be better than the person that they were because maybe they've went through a rough patch in their life and they just want to outrun whatever demons have been haunting them and sitting on their shoulders. Whatever the hmm. need, that's the change that we see when we when it comes to fitness. On the Tony Kinnacastro, 93 WIBC, with the one, the only Malcolm Flex from FlexForSuccess.com. So I noticed in the list of things that you were describing, the, the, the purpose that people are finding at the gym when they're working out, that kind of gateway. I, I didn't hear you list uh, racism. Um, I didn't hear you list color at all, actually. I didn't hear you uh, mention uh, trans support, global inclusion. Uh, I didn't hear you mention the heteropatriarchy, which I mean, everybody knows the heteropatriarchy. Oh, yeah, That's course, like on my mind all the time. So uh, if you aren't seeing those things at the gym, then why do people, I guess the question is this, why do people continue looking for purpose after they start working out? What drives them from just starting working out, working on their body to actually moving forward and, and improving other areas in their life since they're not finding racism and heteropatriarchy what are they finding that's moving them forward to what you described all right tony i'm gonna let you on a little secret but i need you to come close lean in okay quick. little closer there you go okay so people who work out and make gains in the gym find out mm -hmm. they can make gains in other parts of their life so then they start looking for other things to improve on. Now, if you're one of the people that wants to bend life to your current self, you want everybody to comport to whatever you identify as at that very moment, maybe whatever your pronouns are, and there is no flexibility. You don't want change. The world changes around you because of course you're just, you're that stagnant and fixed in the place and the world's just gonna have to get over it and accept your truth. Well, you're probably not going to be the type of person to work out because you haven't come to the conclusion that it's not the world that needs to change for me, but it's me that needs to change for the world. So people who do work out and do make gains in the gym, they've already understood, hey, I need to be doing more. There's more that I can do. There's, there's further I can go. If I can change this, then I can go and I can maybe get that job I want. I can learn stuff. I can, you know, improve. But that's just, you know, those are two divergent sets of values. And I think that if a lot more people worked out, maybe embrace the fitness industrial complex. Man, I really love that. I need to. I need fitness. To I know. Gym. That's great. I think a uh, shirt that, a, I, that says that, right? Fitness industrial complex sponsored. Good. I need to. That's perfect. But maybe if they did embrace that, they would start seeing some massive changes in their lives. And maybe they leave these extracurricular ideologies and sexual identifications and categories that let's be honest, there's a new one every week. You know, they, they pretty much drop like updates to your favorite video game. And it's like, they would understand, Hey, let's just, let's just get better, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but absolutely. That's, that's novel thinking though, man, that's awfully white supremacist of me. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm Flex, mixed martial artist and uh, former D1 athlete, now running FlexYourSuccess.com. Thanks so much for hopping on, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening. Welcome back to the Tony Kinnett cast out of Indianapolis on 93.1 FM, as well as on Apple podcasts everywhere else. You get your podcast and live streams on Twitter X and YouTube.com slash WIBC. Now, the reason I, I bring the show back in at that particular moment is, uh, Allison, I, I don't know if you've noticed on the radio for WIBC 93.1, some of the public service announcements, so that we have like sponsor commercials, and then we have public service announcements. And some of these public service announcements are getting really weird. Um, did I don't know if I heard this wrong. Allison, um, did you hear there's one for the forest? <laughs> Just public service announcement. The forest. The woods. The woods. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I get that, um, you know, like the, the family council or the department of family and whatever, child services, it, like, okay, I get it. Talk to your kids about stress they might be feeling. Okay, I think that one's silly, but at least that one has like a purpose. Who's advertising the woods? Like, <laughs> And I don't even think they're promoting like uh, climate change or anything or like taking care of the environment. It's just go out in the woods. Yeah, it's not even conservation. Like, like a good, like good old classic Teddy Rooseveltian conservation. I can absolutely get behind. But I mean, I, that would like be pointing people to like the American Conservation Coalition, or I would thinking of Indiana advertise like some of our state parks. And we've got some really gorgeous state parks out there that I really enjoy going to. A lot of beautiful woods and hiking trails and, and places to go to. Uh, but we're not even talking about like the Hoosier National Forest. We're just like the woods. Do you see the trees? Your kid sees the trees. Go walk in the woods. Okay. As someone who grew up in central Indiana, allow me to provide a bit of advice for our listeners out there. Please do not just go walk in any woods that you see because many of those adjacent to fields are privately owned. And a lot of farmers who are also hunters really do not like you dragging your stink through privately owned woods. This has been a public service announcement that doesn't have the catchy jingle or the deep voiced smoky bear. But anyhow, the segment that I picked to close out the show with tonight, oh my goodness, was thank you notes. Because I was talking with a family member of mine this morning um, after my uh, wife gave birth to our son. Uh, absolutely wonderful lovely lady our church uh, put together some meals for us and several people brought those over it was very sweet of them to do some people are having meals door dashed over which is like a new kind of convenient I, I thought that i wouldn't be getting to enjoy don rigo's which is our local mexican restaurant every midwesterner needs to have a favorite mexican restaurant and uh, we, i didn't think that you know with a, a newborn and a toddler we'd be seeing the inside of that place for a while and uh, someone sent over some to us. It was fantastic. So we got out the thank you notes. And uh, that's just something I was raised to do. And uh, I like writing thank you cards, thank you notes. I actually have a, a huge pack of them that all have owls on them that I've had since high school. Um, and 
I finished writing those up and I looked online to go get some more thank you cards because I'm out of this and my worst fear has, has come true regarding them. They're no longer printing that kind of thank you card, which is a, is a real shame. Uh, but I came across when I was searching thank you cards to replace them, there was an article from Slate that says goodbye to the tyranny of thank you cards. And it says by this author named Laura Turner, she says, at my baby shower, a guest piped up before I opened presents. Can we give you the gift of no thank you notes? It was a revelation. And she proceeds to go to this entire article talking about how thank you notes are actually really horrible and terrible. So in the interest of everyone out there who isn't stupid, and I mean that in the interest of everyone out there who is not stupid, thank you cards are awesome. Thank you cards are great. Here's why thank you cards are great. Unlike every other holiday card, which is prompted because there's a holiday, where you go to Hallmark, or you go to the Hallmark section of Walmart, or your pharmacy, and you pick up a card with a pre-printed poem, or verse, or picture of a cartoon making a joke, and you give it to the person who is already expecting the cards, because it's that holiday and we give cards to each other, You then open the card, you look for anything inside the card, like money, or a gift card, or, I don't know, perhaps an inappropriate limerick, and then you throw the card away. Thank you notes, thank you cards are different. Because thank you cards are not prompted by a holiday, they're prompted by gratitude. The point of a thank you card is not because it's some kind of tradition that we do after certain events, but it is because people took time out of their schedule to give you something that you appreciated. And it's that recognition of service and an act of thankfulness for it that's precious. I, I have thrown away every single birthday card, every single Christmas card, every single... And my dad, Allison, my dad gets like the best Christmas cards. I mean, like, you open them up and they sing to you and it's like they do all this crazy stuff. Like, my dad is like a rural man. But suddenly when it comes to giving cards, he's like the maestro of card giving. I love that. I, is it, <laughs> anyone in your family like that? Okay, yes. But I've, I have gotten rid of all of those which now makes me sound like a really terrible son, but I have kept every single one of the thank you cards I've ever gotten. Every one of them. My English teacher in high school, because I got her like a toy pirate pistol for her to fire in the air, um, which you know now will get you in trouble with the Indianapolis Star. Uh, but anywho, I, I got like all these thank you cards just from over my life, and I like them because they remind me of either gifts that I gave to people, and, and the real thing is that they appreciated it. Because everyone knows like what it's like to get a gift that like stinks and it's like oh gee thanks for the gift uh, and then you throw it away or you know you go return it or exchange it as soon as they leave but to get a gift that's unexpected and not for a birthday or for a holiday but just a gift that has some kind of special meaning and you sit down and you write a thank you card that actually has some thought behind it that is beyond precious it really is. And and so if I could encourage you guys out there this evening, write a few thank you notes. I sound like a teacher in a middle school classroom, but, but it's true. Thank you notes are infinitely more valuable than any kind of Hallmark holiday card. So write some thank you notes. Keep some thank you notes. I used to have a massive like cork board in college that like had a bunch of ones that I'd gotten. And they were just, you know, special to me. You can keep them in a shoebox. You can throw them at your kids for a fun game because, you know, they're your thank you cards. You can do whatever you want with them. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Tony Kinnick cast. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five star review if you like the show. If you don't, uh, don't leave us a review at all. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been the Tony Kinnick cast on 93 WIBC.